Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Hear now the word of the Lord from the Gospel of John, chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers, and tell them I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who inspired the Apostle John to write down this account of our Lord's resurrection. And we ask now that your same Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, enabling us to understand the word that you have for us on this Easter morning. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Before I came here to Coronado at the beginning of March, I was working in Washington, D.C. as a Navy chaplain, and one of my responsibilities there was to oversee the Navy chaplains who, worked, who work at Arlington National Cemetery and who conduct funeral services for families of service members who were in the Navy and the Marine Corps and the Coast Guard. To be honest with you, this was the best part of my job. I loved doing funerals with them at Arlington because a funeral is technically known as 
a service of witness to the resurrection. I had the privilege of being there at Arlington with grieving families who were looking for hope in the midst of all the pain and the anguish that they were dealing with. And I was able to stand before them and proclaim that Jesus is alive. And I was also able to give this good news to the service members who were a part of the funeral services, the ones who carried the caskets, the ones who folded the flag, the ones who fired the volleys, and so on. And after the families would leave, we would have these great conversations together about who Jesus is and what the resurrection is all about. Jesus is alive. He showed up at Arlington National Cemetery over and over and over again to bring hope to these families who were wondering what their lives were going to be like now, to reassure them that there really is a heaven where we really will be reunited with our loved ones one day. And Jesus was there transforming lives, enabling people to experience his love and his joy and his peace, even at the worst time of their lives. Now, I don't think it's a coincidence that the first people who met the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday were also the same people who were there at the cross when he was crucified. They had seen their best friend, their teacher, their leader, their Lord, die a horrible death. And they had been wondering what life would be like now. They had spent time together grieving and hiding from the Romans, wondering if they would be next, wondering what their lives were going to be like without the one who had meant so much to them. And then on Easter Sunday, some of these women who were there at the cross with Jesus, and the scriptures tell us that there were many women there at the cross when he was crucified, went to the tomb. Matthew, Mark, and Luke add details to what John has written in his gospel about the resurrection account. They write that Mary Magdalene, Mary the husband of Cleopas, Joanna, and Salome all went together to the tomb to finish preparing Jesus' body for burial. Jesus had died at the beginning of the Sabbath on the, at the end of uh, Friday. And so because it was a Sabbath and it was because, because it was forbidden to do work on the Sabbath, all that they could do was to take Jesus' body off the cross and put it in the tomb before sundown when the Sabbath began. So they had to wait until the Sabbath was over to do the preparations that one would normally do to prepare somebody for a burial. And so they go to the tomb and they find that the stone has been rolled away. And they were shocked. That was the last thing that they had expected to find. In the Gospel of Matthew, we read more details about the account of what happened on that Easter Sunday. It says, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. 
For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said to them. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. These women, who were eyewitnesses of Jesus' crucifixion, who were eyewitnesses of his death, became the first eyewitnesses of his resurrection. They were the first ones to tell others that Jesus really is alive. And then Jesus began appearing to other people. For example, Jesus would, two, two of Jesus' followers, one named Cleopas and another follower who's not mentioned, were walking from Jerusalem down to the village of Emmaus, which was just a few miles away. And as they were walking together and talking about all that had happened on Good Friday with the crucifixion and talking about these accounts that these women were giving that Jesus was alive, Jesus appeared with them, and they didn't recognize him. And so Jesus said, well, what are you talking about? And they said, well, are you just a visitor? You just showed up? You don't understand what's been going on? A lot's been happening here. There was Good Friday. There was a resurrection. We're not too sure about these women. They're telling us that Jesus is alive, and Jesus is listening as they walk along, and they get to the village, and there is an inn at the village. And so these two people urged Jesus to come to the inn and spend time with him and eat with him. And so Jesus sits down at a table, He takes bread, he gives thanks, he breaks the bread, and at that moment the scriptures say that the eyes of these two men were opened, and they recognized that it was Jesus who was sitting with them. And then Jesus disappeared. And they said, look, we've got to go back and tell the disciples. I mean, these women have the right story. It's really true. And were not our hearts burning within us while Jesus was talking? So they hurry up, and they find the rest of the disciples in the upper room where they had the Last Supper just a few days earlier with Jesus. And they said, it's true. Jesus really has risen from the dead. What these women said is really true. These two men knew Jesus. They had spent time with him. In fact, one of them, Cleopas, was the uncle of Jesus. He was married, he was the brother of Joseph, Jesus' father, earthly father. He was also married to the sister of Jesus' mother, Mary. So there are three Marys in the scriptures. It gets kind of confusing. You've got Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the, the wife of Cleopas. And they're all involved in the resurrection. They're all involved in being witnesses of the resurrection. And the way that we know that Cleopas was the uncle of Jesus, was that there was a church historian named Hegesibus who lived between 110 and 180 A.D. And he interviewed the grandchildren of Jude. Jude was one of the brothers of Jesus who wrote the book of Jude. 
and he interviewed the grandchildren of Jude, and he wrote about what they were saying about the family. And sure enough, they said, look, you know, Cleopas, this guy you hear about, the road to Emmaus, that was Jesus' uncle. He was the brother of Joseph. So these two disciples, followers of Jesus, Cleopas and the other one who's not named, are telling the story of what they experienced in Emmaus. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes into the room. The doors to the room had been locked. And Jesus walks through the doors. And he stands among them. And he shows them his hands and his feet. And they were able to touch his hands and feet. And then they give him a piece of fish to eat. Now imagine, you know, they put the fish on a plate and they're kind of pushing it over to Jesus like this, wondering what's going to happen. And he takes it and he eats it. And one of the reasons why that's notable is because it shows us that Jesus was not Casper the Friendly Ghost. The fish didn't pass through his stomach. You know, when people touched his hands and his feet, it didn't go through, their fingers didn't go through his hands. They didn't go through his feet. He was alive in a body, a real body. It's a resurrection body. It's also called a glorified body in the scriptures. It's the kind of body that we will have when we rise from the dead and live forever in heaven. It's a body that can go through closed doors. It's a body that can be touched. It's a body that can eat and hold the food inside. And yet, it was also a body that ascended into heaven 40 days later. So Jesus spent 40 days on earth appearing to others over and over and over again. And you remember from our time of Lent, we talked about how the number 40 is a number that's used in the Bible to signify a time of preparation. So Jesus spent 40 days preparing his followers for his ascension into heaven. And during these 40 days, he appeared to them in different places and in different ways. One of the places in the scriptures that talks about these resurrection appearances of Jesus was read by John earlier in the worship service from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Apostle Paul writes, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Jesus is alive. And so we can expect to find Jesus showing up in our lives especially when life is hard, especially at the worst times of our lives, just like he did for the people who witnessed his crucifixion. But we need to become open to seeing Jesus in our midst. We need to become more sensitive to his presence in our lives. And one of the ways that we can do that is by following the example 
of a man named Ignatius who lived in the 1500s. Ignatius was a Spanish soldier who was wounded in the Battle of Pamplona in 1521. He was wounded by a cannonball that was shot by the French forces. And he spent several weeks undergoing painful operations on his leg. That's where the cannonball hit him. And when he went through operations, there wasn't any anesthesia. And he went to live in the home of his father. It was more kind of like a castle in Loyola in Spain. And during this time of recovery, all there was for him to read were a couple of books and a Bible. There was a book about the life of the saints. There was a book about the life of Jesus. And so during this time of recovery, when he was forced off of his feet and had to sit down and listen and read, he experienced the presence of Jesus in his midst. And at the end of that time period, he went to a monastery outside of Barcelona called Montserrat and had a vigil, spent the night in prayer before the altar on his knees. And when the vigil was over, he took his sword that he had as a soldier and put it on the altar and walked away from that life and devoted himself to be a priest. And he started a movement of people who would look for the presence of Jesus in their lives. The people who were involved in this were called the Society of Jesus and commonly known as the Jesuits. So Ignatius came up with this spiritual discipline or spiritual practice called the examine. And it's designed to help us to become sensitive to the presence of Jesus in our lives, to look for the presence of Jesus with us. And so every day during the examine, people are encouraged to wake up, pray to God, and ask for God to reveal himself during that day. And then throughout the morning, look for those examples where God is present. Maybe if it's a hot day and you experience a cloud covering the sun for a moment to give you some relief from the heat, you can stop and say, thank you, Lord, for showing me your presence by giving me a break from the sun. Maybe if you're going through a time when you're struggling with doubt and then somehow there's a moment of clarity where it seems that your answers are, are being given by God. Answers are being given to you and you're beginning, getting some clarity. Thank God for that. Maybe there's a time when you're eating breakfast and the food tastes particularly good. You can thank God for giving you something good to eat and so on. So you can look back on your morning at midday and thank God for all those times when you experienced your present, his presence in your lives. And then in the afternoon, be mindful of those times where, of those things that draw you away from God's presence. Maybe resentment or bitterness about a situation that draws you away from God's presence and so on. And then in the evening, look back on the afternoon and talk to God about those things that drew you away from his presence. Confess them. Ask for forgiveness. And as we do this day by day, this examine day by day, we will begin to appreciate how God really is present in our lives moment by moment. We'll begin to appreciate the fact that Jesus really is alive and that he really is with us, even during the darkest times. One of the reasons I think that the tomb of Jesus is empty is so that our hearts would be full. 
Jesus knows what's going on in our hearts. He knows about the doubts and the pain and the sorrow and the disappointments. He knows about the guilt and the shame that's in our hearts. And he doesn't want us to live like that. Jesus wants to fill our hearts instead with his joy and with his love and with his peace. The Bible says that Jesus is knocking at the door of our hearts. And he's inviting us to open up that door and have him come inside our hearts and live there forever. Cleansing our hearts from the inside. Changing our hearts inside. Changing our lives and transforming us into people who are like him. People who are able to live in his peace and in his joy and in his forgiveness and in his salvation, no matter what's going on in life. If you would like to ask Jesus to come and live in your hearts, we can do that together by praying together. I'll pray the words out loud, and if you would like to pray them silently to God, you can go ahead and do that. And what we will be doing is opening up our hearts and inviting Jesus to come and live inside of us, to make us into people like him, to fill us with new life, and to enable us to experience his presence every moment and every day of our lives. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we confess to you that we've sinned. We confess to you that we've done things that you've called us not to do. We confess that we have not done those things that you've asked us to do. We ask that you would forgive us of all of our sins because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, dying there so that our sins would be forgiven, saving us from death and destruction and hell. Lord, we invite you now to come and live in our hearts, to fill us with your presence, to change our lives from the inside out. We want you to be the ruler, the master, the Lord of our lives. We thank you that Jesus is our Savior, that he saved us from our sins and he saved us from hell. We thank you that Jesus is our Lord, that he's now in control of our lives, transforming it, enabling us to be like him. Lord, we thank you for the work that you're doing now. And we thank you for the ways in which you will enable us to experience your presence moment by moment throughout eternity. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org.